Let's take our Bibles together to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 1. I'm sure that's your favorite book of the Bible. Don't you find it interesting that God has a book in the Bible named Numbers? God is a God of numbers. He's a God of math. And the young people thought math was a curse of the devil. But It's interesting, I think probably right now in the world, this generation of people going through school have never had as low of math scores as they have right now. But God is a God of math because he's a God of science. He's put everything together mathematically. And God pays attention to details, to details. And so the details of the Bible are important. The details of our lives are important. And, you know, I'm glad that we've got numbers in our Bible. One of the things that makes your King James Bible a special book is, you know, all these, all these um, big heads that talk about the Bible in its original language and form. I think you're blessed tonight that you didn't have to walk into the church house with a scroll and try to find a verse of Scripture. Because you do understand that when the Bible was given originally, there were no numbers there. So I'm glad that I've got a King James Bible that has verses. So I can go to number 1 or number 12, and I think God put that in the Bible that way. In Numbers chapter 1, now rest at ease, I'm not going to preach verse by verse through the book of Numbers. That's not the next book. But I wanted to give this. Be a neat thing to go through and learn Bible study tonight. Verse number one of Numbers chapter one. And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tabernacle of the congregation on the first day of the second month in the second year. See how God's counting everything? After they were come out of the land of Egypt saying, Take ye the sum. So I guess he assumed that Moses knew how to count. You know, there are, there are benefits to education. One is you can do what God told you to do. Moses was very educated in Egypt. He's a very educated man. And God's going to use that. If he would have told most of us to count, we would get off track about when we got to number 500,000. I mean, we're not talking about just counting, you know, 100 people in a church here. We're talking about a big job. I can see some pompous religious person saying, well, God, what does that matter anyway? You know what the number is. Who cares what? Because God said, count them. I want you to count the people. 
Because I not only want to have the number in my book, but I want you to know what the number is. God is a God of numbers. So he said in verse 2, Take ye the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel, after their families by the house of their fathers, with the number of their names. Every male by their pole. So he uses the word number for the first time. That, that word number occurs 127 times in the book of Numbers. There's no doubt why God calls it the book of Numbers. It's just thing, they're numbering things over and over again. Verse 3. From 20 years old and upward, all that are able to go forth to war in Israel, thou and Aaron shall number them by their army. Now immediately I can see somebody upset at God and say, why are you just numbering the men? Well, that's a little prejudicial. By the way, the Lord Jesus did that in the New Testament. You say, why do you say that? Well, just because it's there. Probably some people don't like the way God numbers things. Drop down to verse number 17. And Moses and Aaron took these men, which are expressed by their names, and they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month. And they declared their pedigrees after their families by the house of their fathers, according to the number of the names from 20 years old and upward by their poles. Now, not only is he just numbering the males, he's numbering just the ones from a certain age in this chapter. Verse 19. As the Lord commanded Moses, so we numbered them in the wilderness of Sinai. Hold your finger there, we'll be right back. But I want you to go to Psalm 90. You know God just counts everything. You say, why is He counting the people here? Well, He counts everything. And He really wants you to count some things as well. When you look at God, you'll find that the Bible says that God counts the nations. You remember when uh, He's looking at the nations and He counts in Sodom and Gomorrah how many righteous people are there, and that determines the judgment of God. He could count... That there were less than the number that Abraham prayed. He knew the number of the people in the nation that were righteous and the number of those that were not. While you're turning to Psalm 90, he also, God said that he, he numbered the people. He counts the people. He counts the people. He writes them. When the Lord counts the people, he writes them down, the Bible says in Psalm 87 verse number 6. God, God makes a notation of all of the people. In addition to that, he counts, in Job 14 verse 16, the Bible says that, that he counts our steps. He numbers our steps. And he didn't even need an Apple watch. Some of you do that, don't you? You have a, you have a Fitbit or Apple watch or some, some other kind of device that, that tells you how many steps that you've taken in a day. God doesn't need any of that. And He knows the number of steps. All of us count all at the same time. What, what a God. Why would He do that? He's a God of numbers. He's interested in all the little details. I don't even care how many steps I've taken. But God's counting them. As a matter of fact, Psalm 147 verse 4 says that he numbers the stars. Guys, God is such a God of numbers. He numbers everything. He counts everything. You know, science says, you know, there's, you can't even count the stars. Well, God, sorry, God's already got it done. Because he made them all. As a matter of fact, he not only counts them, but he's got them all named. 
How, how do you even have that many names? God is an infinite God. His mind is just... God is so omniscient and so smart. You know, you ought to just step back and say, Wow, if you're that smart, I think I can trust that kind of individual. You've got all the stars numbered. You've got them named. And then Jesus took a step further. He said in Matthew 10, verse 30, He says that He numbers the hairs on your head. That's just a... That's just a crazy thing. Guys, there's no reason that anybody would want to know the number of the hairs. Now, you want to know that you have hair, but you're not worried about the number. And it changes every single day of your life. And God's up there. Guys, you think, you think God's got so much to do. that You mean God has enough time to count my hair every day? He must really have everything together to be numbering people's hair. What a God that's interested in detail. Don't ever say God's not interested in you. God's more interested in you than you're interested in you. You could care less how many hairs are on your head. But God's interested and He knows and He numbers them. He counts them. But He does want us to count something. Psalm chapter 90, the Bible says in verse 12, Psalm 90, verse 12, so teach us to, what's the word? Number, is this in the Bible? So teach us to number our what? Days that we may apply our hearts unto what? The Bible says if we would start numbering our days, we would get a little wiser the way we lived. Now we don't, people don't number days. We don't count by days. You say, you don't count your days You don't count your life by days. You count your life by years. God counts your life by days. He knows how many days you've been here. There is, unless you looked at my notes prior to this message, there's nobody in this building that knows how many days you've lived upon this earth. Unless maybe Joel and Hannah want to tell about their little newborn here. I mean, that's pretty easy. You don't know how many days. Matter of fact, the last time I, I preached this verse, Psalm 90, verse 12, not the whole message, but just this verse, I made a notation of it. And I did just what the Bible said, and I numbered my days. And I found out that I had lived 11,194 days. That's the last time I preached from Psalm 90. As of today, I've lived 19,831 days. I've lived 8,637 days since the last time I was in Psalm 90 at that verse. You say, what does that matter? Do you know how much time and how many days we have wasted in our lives? Since the last time I was in Psalm 90, and I've lived over 8,000 days. What have I done with those days? The Bible says it'd be good if you'd number your days. Because one of, the, one of, the, one of these days, you're, you're going to have your last day, you see. Not your last year, but your last day. 
And so God counts things. He counts all kinds of things. When we were in the book of Daniel, before we go back to the book of Numbers, when we were in the book of Daniel, I was amazed as we studied that book. We were studying that book, how, how, how much God is involved in days. He, he mentions in that Daniel 70th week that he has numbered the very days. In the tribulation period, there's going to be 2,520 days. Not 2,500 and 10 days, 2,520 days, God has numbered the tribulation period. As a matter of fact, in addition to that, 220 days, this is in the book of Daniel, 220 days, not 219, not 218, not 215, 220 days into the tribulation period, sacrifices begin. Animal sacrifices. He's got the very day that'll start. Not only that, 1,260 days into the tribulation, God has already said, He's already prophesied, He's already numbered the day, the Antichrist, 1,260 days into the tribulation, the Antichrist will set the abomination that maketh desolate in the temple, showing Himself that He's God. God's got it numbered to the day. Now you say, well, man, doesn't the devil know that? Maybe, I'm sure he does because he knows the Bible more than we do, but he can't do anything about it. The Bible rules the world. If God puts that day and numbers it and says, that's the day you're going to put it, the devil is smarter than we are. He'll do what God tells him to do. Read the book of Job. (laughs) He did what God told him to do. God's got it numbered. In addition to that, 75 days after Armageddon, the book of Daniel tells us that the the nations will be judged and the new temple will be set up 75 days after Armageddon takes place. God's got it numbered. You know, even about the Antichrist. It's sort of strange. You know, the Bible says in Revelation 13, 18, it says um, if you have wisdom... He said that you need to count the number of the name of the beast. Isn't that what he says? Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. That's in the Bible on purpose. I'm just saying God's got a number. Now you say, what does that have to do with the message? Okay, go back to Numbers chapter 1. God's interested in details. God's numbering your steps. He numbers the hairs on your head. He's got a count of all of the offering that you've given him. He's got a count of everything you've ever done for him. He's got books in heaven that are written down about all of us that detail every little thing of our lives. My soul. So I see here in in Numbers chapter 1 what they're numbering for. Verse 3, from 20 years old and upward, all that are able to go forth to what? So the first thing God says, Moses, what I want you to do? I want you to, I want you to count everybody. I want you to make a number of everybody that's ready to go to war. We have to have a number of everybody. And, and, and the only people ready to go for war, they, they've got to be a man. I'm just, I'm just reading the Bible. They've got to be a man. And they got to be at least 20 years old. 
We don't even believe that in America. 20 years old. He said, I don't, I don't want even 17-year-olds fighting. I don't even want 18-year-olds fighting. I don't want 19-year-olds fighting. I want you to number them, and when they get to 20, I want them ready to fight. I want them numbered for war. That's in the Bible. And so that's what they do. They start counting the, the number of all of the 20-year-old males and up. And the Bible says this, uh, drop down to verse number 46. Or verse 45, Numbers 1, 45. So were all those that were numbered of the children of Israel by the house of their fathers from 20 years old and upward, all that were able to go forth, now watch it, all that were able. So evidently there were some that weren't able to go and they didn't get, they didn't, they didn't get counted. They weren't part of the number because they couldn't be counted on to go to battle. I don't know, maybe some of you guys that have been in the military all your life could contradict me or give me some other, but I'm, I'm sort of worried about the ability of some of our military today. Just because we're talking about that are able, able-bodied men is what they used to call it, that are able to go forth to war in Israel, verse 46, even all they that were numbered were 600,003 thousand and five hundred and fifty that's a lot of counting that's a lot of soldiers now you say what does that got to do with us well i think god has also numbered who of us are able to go forth to war and it's not going to be based upon if we're male or female or if we're 20 years old it's going to be based upon the fact of our spiritual condition. We've been preaching the book of Jude about earnestly contending for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You know, everybody's not able. We don't have able. Every Christian is not able spiritually to be involved in the battles that, that, that are being faced right now. If God can, here's, here's my question. Can God count on you to fight? Does God number you as one of those able-bodied Christians that will stand against the wiles of the devil and take the whole armor of God and endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ and not entangle yourself with the affairs of this life that he may please him that's chosen him to be a soldier. If God was counting soldiers in our church tonight, how many would be numbered? God knows where we are. God knows if we're able to fight and if we're not able to fight. I remember used to, I don't know, you know, maybe Brother Kelton can give us a dissertation on this about what the rules used to be for recruits and stuff. They had to be certain, they had to be in a certain condition to be able to go in the military. Man, I, I was in the airport, and of course, this military town over there in Virginia Beach when I was flying back from that missions conference, I'd never seen anything like it before in my life. They, they get on and said, all right, our active duty, active duty military, active duty military, get to board first, come ahead. There was... There was a stampede of people. Now, either those people were lying or they were all active. I'm talking about 35, 40 people coming to the front of the line. And I just stepped back, you know, and I looked at it and said, I didn't know soldiers looked like that. 
Has something changed? Has it? I mean, used to on other as a soldier. I mean, you, you, and you're not potty, and you don't look like me. I mean, there's a certain look to a soldier, right? Boy, that's not what I saw. Forty people get. I'm not. Not every one of them was that way. Man, I was thinking, wow. But I, what I'm what I'm trying to say is. As times change, the ability, the preparedness, the readiness of people, everything gets slack. Now, now here's the question. Are we people of God that he would number and say, there's an able-bodied Christian, there is an able-spirited Christian, there's a prayed-up Christian, there's a godly Christian, they're ready for the fight, they're ready for the battle. How many would he number? So the chapter 1 of the book of Numbers, they're numbering for war. Because they've they got a fight ahead of them. And so do we. Chapter 2. In chapter 2, he doesn't number for war, he numbers something else. I think this is, this is uniquely God, how he does things. The Bible says in chapter 2 of the book of Numbers, verse 2, every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the ensign of their father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. It's talking about where they're pitching their tents, etc. Verse 3, and on the east side toward the rising of the sun shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nation, the son of Amminadab, shall be captain of the children of Judah and his host and those that were numbered of them. And he goes through the rest of the chapter through all of the families of the children of Israel, and he gives the number of each camp of each tribe and tells them where they're supposed to camp and where they're supposed to be placed around the tabernacle of God. They're numbered for the camps or the places where they belong. They're numbered with their kinsfolk. They're numbered with their family. In other words, if you're counted under the tribe of Judah, you are not going to go live with the tribe of Dan. God wants you to stay in that place. And he numbers, okay, all of these people of Ephraim, they're supposed to be, they're supposed to stay right there. You know, God's got a place for every one of us, but I'm, I'm convinced a lot of Christians are out of place. They're just not where they're supposed to be. They're, they're not in the place they're supposed to be. They're not where they're supposed to be with their family. They're not where they're supposed to be with their church. They're not where they're supposed to be placed in the body of Jesus Christ. I mean, the the church of God is a family. We're a family. And God has us all to be in a certain place. And a lot of times people aren't, aren't content to be in the place that God wants them to be. He numbers them and says, you guys stay over there and you guys stay over there. And then you have the independent Baptist that says, well, nobody's going to tell me where I'm going to put my tent. <laughs> See how stubborn and rebellious we are? Yes, nobody's going to tell me what to do. No, you're, going to, you're over there. Well, why don't I get to go on the south side? Because you go where God tells you to go. You sit where God tells you to sit. 
I'll never forget one of the craziest services we ever had in Virginia when I was pastor up there. Guys, I've mailed out a whole lot. You ought to thank God. One day I said, okay, nobody can sit in the same place you've always sat. And I could not believe the carnality of people. What do you mean I can't sit here? I've sat here for 20 years. That's exactly why I told you to move. Guys, we are so stubborn and rebellious that even God can't tell us what to do. And God counted these families and said, I want this number staying there. And I want, he did it all the way. You remember when we preached through Nehemiah? He went all the way around uh, the, the tabernacle just like he did uh, the city of Jerusalem, told him exactly where he wanted them to pitch their tent. If God numbered us, would we be where we are supposed to be? Would would we be in the place that we're supposed to be? Numbers chapter 3. You didn't know we could preach this fast through a book of the Bible. (laughs) Numbers chapter 3. He's going to number something totally different. I love it. He says in verse number 1, These also are the generations of Aaron and Moses in the day that the Lord spake with Moses in Mount Sinai. And these are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab the firstborn, and Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. And then he goes on and he continues to start numbering something else. Look at verse 14. And it goes with what the verse we just read. Verse 14, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Number the children of Levi after the house of their fathers by their families. Every male from a month old and upward shalt thou number them. And Moses numbered them according to the word of the Lord as he was commanded. And he starts numbering of all of the different tribes, all of their children. Look at verse, uh, where is it, verse 22, those that were numbered of them according to the number of all the males from a month old and upward, even those that were numbered of them were 7,500. Verse number 39, verse 39, all that were numbered of the Levites, which Moses and Aaron numbered at the commandment of the Lord throughout their families, all the males from a month old and upward were 22,000. He does the same thing. He goes into verse number 40. And now he starts moves from, the, from Levi to the rest, of the, tri, the rest of the nation. Verse 40. And the Lord said unto Moses, Number all the firstborn of the males of the children of Israel from a month old and upward. Again, the same thing. Verse 43. And all the firstborn males by the number of names from a month old and upward. Now you say, what's he numbering here? He's numbering the children. He's numbering the babies. He said, if they're a month old, I want you to number them. How how old's your baby, Hannah? A month today. A month yesterday. You know what God says? God said, now when you number the church, when you number the church, I, I want you to number this one. When you number the people of God, I want you to number them starting right here. Number the children. 
God counts the nursery. It's all right. It's all right. He's not saved yet. It's all right. God says, it's important for me to get all these babies numbered too. Because this is going to show the potential of where this nation is going to go. And I want you to know exactly how many month olds you have and what you're working with. Guys, I don't have to tell you, if you've traveled anywhere around this country and gone to church, our churches are dying, and one of the reasons they're dying, we don't have any month-olds anymore. But let me say this, having said that, it's not just getting a bunch of young people in the church having babies. If we're just going to have babies for them to leave this church and assembly and leave God, then what is the point? The point is for another generation to carry on what God is doing with His people. Because one of these days, all us old heads are going to be dead. And then the month olds are going to be left. So you know what I think about that? It gives me great encouragement. There are things I pray about in church. I say, Lord, please help us with this. God, we're, 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 behind, the, we're behind the game on this, Lord. We're, we're weak in this area, and I understand it. And it's, so, yeah, this is my fault, Lord. I, we need to do a better job there. But one of the things that gives me real encouragement is the blessing of the Lord when we look the potential of the youth that we have in our church. And when I say youth, I'm not just talking about teenagers. I'm talking about kids. I'm talking about babies. I'm talking about 20s and 30s, which are getting younger every year to me. Yeah. And we probably need to do a better job of trying to make sure that this next generation really shows the potential that God's trying to do with His church and with His people. So God is numbering their potential. God is numbering the responsibility that's placed upon them. I mean, when they come to me and say, we had, Miss Joy, I forget, what did we have a few weeks ago and you said there were so many babies? In, 14 babies. Glad I was in here. (laughs) Fourteen babies. Well, what a blessing. But you know what that makes me want to do? That makes me want to fight the devil harder. That makes me want to do right. That makes me want to lay down my life for the Lord so they'll have a bridge they can walk over. So there can be the potential of the things of God can be. He said, I want you to number number for war. I want you to number where you're supposed to be in your place in the camp. And I want you to number even the babies from a month old. By the way, you know, God numbers the babies this way, too. You know, the book of Acts, he numbered the converts. Now, look, we're not in this thing to just say, so many got saved. This, there's been a lot of bragging about that. But I'll tell you this. If you read the book of Acts, God numbers the babies. He numbers how many people have been born again. And that, that, that's enough to make us have a prayer request. Lord, we, we're a little short on our numbers. 
Praise God, the nursery's full. But let, let's see, Lord, how, let, let's fill up, amen, the baptistry with people that have been redeemed by the grace of God that we've gone out and see them born again. He numbers them. He told you exactly how many people got saved at Pentecost. He says, I see every person that got saved through your ministry of life. Let me ask you a question. If, if God were to tell you how many people you've led to Christ since you've been saved, what would the number be? How many babies do you have? You say, well, I have no idea. Well, I don't either, but God knows the number. I'm just saying, He numbered it. And I'm not talking about people you grabbed them and twist them by the arm and say, say this. I'm talking about people that God used you in their life to either plant or to sow or water, amen, or or influence in their life that they were born in the family of God because they're part of of your spiritual children. Paul, As Paul said, he said, you got a lot of teachers, but you have not many fathers. And he's not talking about Catholicism. He's talking about the fact that he brought them to the place where they were born again through his ministry. How many children do you have? How many children does our church have? I never forget years ago. I guess it was three years ago or four. I was in Huntsville and I was getting my hair cut. The lady's cutting my hair in the barbershop down there. I told her where I was. and Immediately she said, I got saved at your church. And she gave me the day, the, the, the date. It was like, you know, 15 years before. She got saved at our church in Bible school. And she's 30-something years old, giving me the testimony about how she got saved at this church in Bible school. She moved off to Texas and all that, but I lost touch with her. But I'm just saying God counts the children. Well, let's get the last one. Go to chapter 4. Numbers chapter 4, verse number 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Take the sum. (laughs) They didn't even have calculators. I go back there in the office sometimes, I see Brother Roop or Brother Morris or Miss Teresa. I don't even know how to work that machine. It's not just a calculator. It does more than that. They're taking the sum of tens and hundreds of thousands of people. They don't even have a calculator. Don't you think maybe Aaron says, you know, this, we've already numbered like a million people. He says, I got somebody else I want you to number. Really? We've numbered for war. We've numbered where we're supposed to camp. We've numbered all the babies from a month up. What do you want us to number now? I, don't, I, I just think they just did what God told them to do. Verse number two, take the sum of the sons of Koath from among the sons of Koath, or excuse me, from the sons of Levi after their families by the house of their fathers from 30 years. And that got a whole, whole different thing he's doing. He said from 20 for war, from a month, from the tribe of your family. Now he says, now I want you to number some certain people from 30 years old, verse three, until 50 years old. What are you doing now? All that enter into the host to do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. Now there's three men that make up 
parts of, of, of this family of people that are doing the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. Those of the family of Kohath, the sons of Kohath. And then you drop over to verse 22. Take also the sum of the sons of Gershon. Same thing, 30 years to 50. And then you drop over to verse 29. As for the sons of Merari, thou shalt number them after their families. Now, suffice it to say this, I'll boil this chapter down to this. So there's three different guys here that God divides up the service of the work of the congregation to these three guys and all of their descendants from 30 years old to 50. What a retirement program. Pray, get to retire at 50? Work 20 years and you're retired? That, that's a pretty good deal. God says, hey, I want you to work. And if you're 30 to 50, I want you to number all the 30 to 50 years old. And then they're going to work like a dog in the service of the work of the congregation. And the, and the sons of Kohath are going to do this. And then the sons of Gershom, they're going to do a totally different thing in the congregation. And then the sons of Merarite, they're going to do a totally different thing in the congregation. They each have a different job to do in the congregation of God, in the work and the service of God. He's numbering them for service. He's not numbering them for war. He's not numbering them for where they're going to be with their family to camp. He's not just numbering the children. He is numbering them for their service. He's counting the ones that are doing the work in the house of God. Some of them put up the tents, the the, the hanging of the tabernacle. Some of them come in there and and dress and and make sure the candle and the showbread and all that's taken care of. Some of them put put up the, the structure of the tabernacle. They all have a different job to do. And he says from 30 to 50. I'd say this, I don't think God is a promoter of laziness. That must have been a pretty rough job from 30 to 50. Can you, can you imagine if you, were a, if you were the Levite that was having to butcher all those animals every day? I mean, you, you're, not, you're not talking about one or two, you're talking about thousands. Thousands. Constantly. And not just little animals. I'm telling you, the work in the congregation was hard work. And he says, all right, let's number them. Now, this is what I ask you. If God looked down at this congregation, because, see, we're not, he's no longer using Levites. He said, I've given apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ it's not the apostles the prophets the evangelists and the pastors and teachers that are supposed to do the work of the congregation it is the saints that are to do the work of the congregation you read the book of Acts guys we already talked about this there's no clergy and laity it's just people that are saved by the grace of God doing what God wants them to do every day of their life Now let me ask you, if he looks down at Sweet Springs Baptist Church and he starts numbering the people that are serving in the congregation, are you going to be in that number? You said, preacher, 
I'm just a teenager. Well, you can roll the trash cans out. You, you can participate in the youth activity to help clean up some, some widow lady's yard. I mean, it's not just the preacher that, that has to go around and pick up the little pieces of paper off the floor. It's not just Miss Gale. I mean, this is our church. It's not like you have to have a badge saying I'm the church cleaner to help clean something. I'm just saying, if God numbered who's doing the work in the service of the congregation, would He number you? Whatever it might be. To do the work of witnessing, or do the work in the bus ministry, or do the work in the Sunday school, or do the work in the nursery, or do the work trimming the shrubs, or do the work making the food for men's prayer breakfast or doing the work going out uh, to the missions trip to help construct on the Navajo Nation. I'm just saying, if God numbers the workers in the congregation, are you in the number? Because there's no special family you have to be born into. You're in it. Tag, you're it. We are all a part of the body of Jesus Christ. There's the hand, there's the foot. But you know what? Every part of the congregation is not, not doing the work and they're not being numbered. You say, well, I'm not 30 to 50. Well, hey, if it's 30 to 50, I quit. No, I, I'll take that back. I'm fired. <laughs> My usefulness is over, Brother Jimmy. I'm done. I'm finished. No. What's the little, what's the little uh, verse in, in uh, Little as Much? You can still be in the battle, in the constant place of prayer. It, if your body's worn from toil and care. I never forget looking at my dad with Parkinson's in the latter years and he just said, son, I'm just, just not good for much anymore. I said, no, Dad. God still has you here because I need somebody to pray for me. And you help me. And I'd tell him, I said, Dad, you help. You're coming into church. And it's, it was so hard for him to come to church. Guys, you don't know how hard. But he said, I've got to go to church. He came to church until the day that I had to tell him he couldn't come anymore. Even when we get to where we're about finished, we can still be in the battle. I'm just asking. God numbers everything. Guys, if he numbers our hair and he numbers the stars and he numbers our steps and he counts every little thing, don't you think he notices if you are a worker in the congregation? A God of numbers.